we're going to begin our worship service today um, a little bit differently. John's been focusing on spiritual disciplines since the year started, um, looking at the spiritual discipline of uh, digging into scripture and how to properly use um, scripture in your life. And he was supposed to talk about the discipline of prayer today. Um, and since he wasn't here, I thought we would take the opportunity to talk about the spiritual discipline of worship, which doesn't sound like it should be a discipline. Um, we always, when we think of worship, we think of an attitude and a spirit and uh, something that's fun. Um, but I'm here to explain a little bit more about worship to you before we begin our worship service. If you aren't already worshiping God, you're doing it wrong. Um, most of the time I am too. So you are not alone. I'm still running around in Martha mode. There's Mary and there's Martha. And every Sunday I'm, I'm Martha. I'm running around making sure everything's going smoothly and everything looks right. And I'm worrying about the details. And while Martha mode is very useful, it is not the spirit that we need when we are to come and worship before our Heavenly Father. So you don't walk into service to worship. You walk in with your heart prepared, fully open and ready, already in worship mode. And if you aren't already in that set of worship, in, into that mindset, I'm going to help you. So we'll do it together. So let's start. First, we're going to do something practical. And this is something you can do every Sunday to really focus your mind. Get rid of distractions. So if you have small children with you today, go ahead and bundle them up and just shove them out the door so we don't have any more distractions. That includes my own. Distractions happen, and uh, sometimes we have to, we're, we're stuck with them, and that's okay. Um, but we can take those small children and pull them along and help them learn to focus on worship. And we're going to have a special time with children's worship today as well. But other distractions we can leave behind. So silence your phones if you haven't. If you aren't planning to use it as a Bible or for notes, then go ahead and turn it off. If you feel able to do that, I know that's hard, so don't feel bad if you don't. I'm not turning mine off. I don't know why, because I'm going to be up here the whole time, but it's sitting there on, but silenced. So, but maybe go through and close any apps that may distract you. Hide them away so that you are not tempted. This is a special time of worship called corporate worship, which is just another term meaning that we are worshiping with other people, other believers. And there's so much power in that. There's power in people praying and singing together as one body and one voice. So if you are able, next time, arrive early to service to greet your fellow worshipers. This is how we calibrate for corporate worship. So to do that, in case you aren't here early greeting people already, go ahead and turn and greet your other worshipers now and give them a good morning. And my worship team can go ahead. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. 
Just as we tune our instruments and we warm up our voices to worship, we have to calibrate our hearts as well. So where is your heart this morning? Get it here. Who is your Almighty? Who is the one who found you so important to him that he engraved your name on the palms of his hands? And he thinks about you constantly. That is the God who loves us, and that is the God who we are here to worship this morning. So focus on the one who loves you. He is focused on you. Are you focused on him this morning? And now you jump into the deep end. Don't dip your toes in. Often we feel uncomfortable worshiping in front of others. Do any of you feel weird raising your hands in worship? If you feel so weird, you won't raise them now. Yeah. Um, don't feel weird about it. Don't, don't feel weird if you want to worship in any certain way. Other people shouldn't be focusing on you anyway. You're supposed to be focusing on God. So that's on them. Plunge in with everybody else. Dive into worship. God tells us to raise our hands. He tells us to sing and shout and dance. He doesn't say, if you feel like it. You don't need to worship because you're joyful. Worship to receive his joy. You don't need to sing or clap or do any of those other motions of worship because you feel like it. Do it because your God is the greatest God and the greatest Father that we could ever know, and he deserves every single ounce of our praise, whether we feel like it or not. So it's time to worship. I hope you're ready. Because whether you feel like worshiping or not, everyone should worship. Jim, would you go ahead and roll that video, please? Everyone should worship. And when I say worship, I mean engage. I mean, don't stand there with your hands in your pockets staring at your shoes. Don't be looking at your Instagram account or talking with a neighbor. Be worshiping the Lord. Uh, singing out to the Lord. You say, well, Greg, I don't have a good voice. Well, that doesn't stop a lot of people. I know that. <laughs> and besides, the Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So if it's just a noise, that's good. It's okay. The Bible says, because your loving kindness is better than life, I'll lift up my hands unto your name. When's the last time you lifted your hands up to the Lord? Well, I don't feel like it. Who cares if you feel like it? It's an act of surrender. You know, a lot of times when we just do what we should do, the emotions will catch up. But if you wait for everything to be prompted by how you feel or your emotion, then you won't do a lot of things. So, why don't you guys stand and sing with us? We're going to start off our service with, Until my voice is gone. Singing, I will raise my hands until my strength has faded, and I will stand in honor until my knees give way. I will lift my voice and shout a grateful song. I will sing... is striving to increase our scriptural content in the service because we believe in the importance of hearing the Bible being read in worship. So if you've never participated in a responsive reading before, 
It's simply the reading of scripture or psalm back and forth between leader and church body. Speaking and singing as one voice gives us unity. We'll be reading Psalm 66. So I'll begin, um, and you can respond by reading the bolded verses that will be at, at the bottom of the, the slide. Shout joyful praises to God, all the earth. Sing about the glory of his name. Tell the world how glorious he is. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Your enemies cringe before your mighty power. Everything on earth will worship you. They will sing your praises, shouting your name in glorious songs. Come and see what our God has done, what awesome miracles he performs for people. He made a dry path through the Red Sea, and his people went across on foot. There we rejoiced in him. For by his great power he rules forever. He watches every movement of the nations. Let no rebel rise in defiance. Let the whole world bless our God and loudly sing his praises. Our lives are in his hands, and he keeps our feet from stumbling. You have tested us, O God. You have purified us like silver. You captured us in your net and laid the burden of slavery on our backs. Then you put a leader over us. We went through fire and blood, but you brought us to a place of great abundance. Now I come to your temple with burnt offerings to fulfill the vows I made to you. Yes, the sacred vows that I made when I was indeed God. That is why I am sacrificing burnt offerings to you, the best of my rams as a pleasing aroma and a sacrifice of bulls and male goats. Come and listen, all you who fear God, and I will tell you what you did for me. For I cried out to him for help, praising him as I spoke. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. Praise God, who do not ignore my prayer. Or withdraw his unfailing love from me. She does go ahead and have a seat. So I'm going to continue our discussion on worship. Um, if my voice can uh, continue to die. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that song is, uh, it, it kills my voice and so, anyway, uh, so we're going to start by looking at, the, uh, at ch uh, chapter 4 of John, um, specifically when Jesus is speaking to a Samaritan woman at the well. I'm sure all of you know the story. <clears throat> she recognizes that Jesus clearly uh, has knowledge and he has authority, and she calls him a prophet. Um, the Samaritans believe that the prophet worship to God is given on Mount Gerizim. The Jews, on the other hand, believe that the prophet worship is given the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, so we're going to look at John chapter 4, starting at verse 20. Uh, as the woman says, Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. So Jesus says, Woman, uh, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come 
when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit, and His worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in the truth. So the woman asked about the right place of worship. Uh, but Jesus kind of tossed that aside altogether. But still the question is, what is the location, right? Um, but he says true worship is from spirit. True worship comes from the basis of truth. So the question then is, what is our truth? Um, Jesus is the only son of the one true God, the God of Abraham. Christ died and, and rose again. Our sacrifice and the only one who can restore us to God. Our God is the creator of the universe, and they were trying to uh, specify his worship, pinning it down to a specific location. But that just doesn't seem to be how it should work. So if you think about it, isn't it that so many of us do that exact same today? Um, isn't that what our culture sort of dictates? So we go to church, right? Because that's the time and that's the place that we carved out to worship God. And the rest of the weeks are nearly empty of worship, whether it's based on uh, our lives kind of revolving around school, work, or kids, sports, whatever. Um, there's this sort of gaping void from one Sunday service to the next. So where was our worship on Monday or Tuesday? Were we worshiping at work? Were we worshiping at dinner? If we can't hold God's worship down to a specific time and place, then when and where are we worshiping? And again, how are we worshiping? So if we limited our, our worship to a specific setting or activity, uh, Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 1 says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So let's say it's time to create a lifestyle of worship. It's time to fill that void. So we spoke at the beginning of the service about tuning our hearts. And I can't necessarily pick up this guitar on Sunday and get it nice and tuned and ready to play for worship and then sort of leave it sitting back all week and expect to pick it up next week and you know expect that it's going to be tuned and ready to go. No, I'm going to have to actually tune it and get it ready. Uh, and if I'm to improve, I'll need to practice. And if I really want to get anything out of playing this, uh, I'll play for the joy of it. And each time I pick it up, I'll tune it again, so the process goes. So when we leave here today, our hearts and our minds um, are going to be pulled out of tune by whatever outside external forces is in your life. Again, whether it's having to do something at work, or, um, you know, it's, it's easy to get distracted, essentially. And you know, we're going to be discouraged. We're going to be taken away from where we need to be. We're going to be lifted up, and we're going to be brought down again. But in order to live the life of a true worshiper, we'll need to recalibrate daily. And we'll need to lift our hearts to worship throughout the weeks as well, not just on Sundays. So what does that look like? So here's a couple of suggestions. So we could speak prayers out loud, and from the heart, of course. We could write. Um, write prayers, we can write scriptures, or whatever it is that uh, connects you with God on a daily basis. You can even add art into that mix, whether you want to sing or draw, or you can even dance. Um, we can observe the world around us. We can observe God's people and acknowledge how much He loves each and every one of them, and importantly, how much He loves you as well. And we can thank Him for His creation. 
So in each activity that you do, remind yourself who you live for and who you should be showing glory to. And 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 says, Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So every moment and every breath we have, we've been given. It's been given to us by our Heavenly Father, who loves us so dearly. So it's in that spirit today that we're going to close our service with this final song. It seems it's your breath in our lungs. So we can pour out our praise all to you. So if you're able to, please stand and sing with us and sing great.